You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, this place hasn't changed a whole lot. It's Carter-Finley Stadium. It's Raleigh, North Carolina. It's the Florida State football team. And this is what happens here. Florida State comes into uh, Carter-Finley leading 17-3 to at halftime, Get uh, give up 16 unanswered points in the second half, and fall to uh, NC State 19-17 to in a game where there's a lot of frustration for that football team right now because they felt like they gave NC State that game, and really they did. Uh, yeah, I agree with them. I think they gave them, gave them the game. Uh, look, man, I think they're very evenly matched teams. Um, I think if Devin Leary stays in the second half, you, you probably lose that game a little more comfortably. Uh, but he didn't. Um, and with, when you have Jordan Travis and they have a, uh, a grad transfer from Charleston Southern who did not complete a pass in his time on the field and you still lose the game, you feel like you let it slip away. When you have a kicker, a punter decide on his own, that was not called clearly, uh, to run over the line of scrimmage to punt, we didn't even know that was a thing you did. I didn't know that would be in the rule book. That, oh, if you run over the line of scrimmage to punt, well, then that you lose, it's a loss of down and the team gets the ball right there. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I thought maybe you'd get ejected if something like that happens. Like, that's crazy that that's ever happened before. It would even be somebody would even think to put that in the rule book. But we saw that uh, tonight. And, yeah, I mean, the frustration of even with everything that went wrong, everything went wrong. You lost Robert Cooper for most of the game. You lost Trayshawn Ward. Um, you already didn't have Fabian Lovett. Every other play, you had a guy getting hurt and getting banged up and then coming back in. You had all these things against you in this place. You get that stupid, crazy personal foul call on, uh, on well, there's the one on, one on Dylan Gibbons, which he earned. Josh Farmer's just ridiculous. And they got points from that, Ira. They don't get points from that drive if they don't. I, they, it, was, it was a preposterous call. But um, you felt like you had stolen almost. You were in position to steal a win, in my opinion. Um, and then you – second down and nine from the 23-yard line or so, um, you throw it up to a DB and he intercepts it and you lose the game. Yeah, you know, and again, uh, you, know, you talked about the, the, the self-inflicted wounds. You know, and you said Florida State could have st- stolen the win. I guess, man, but I thought, I thought overall Florida State – maybe I'm wrong. I feel like Florida State was the better football team for long stretches – uh, the defense played really well. The defense was put in some really tough situations. Uh, on one of those, the play where Alex Mastromano, and it, just to clarify, and you can watch Mike Norvell's press conference, it was not a fake punt. Um, it was never supposed to be even an option of a fake punt. He felt pressure rolled out and just kind of lost track of where he was and then realized, hey, I don't want to run with this. Don't you think he was like, man, I can run for a first down. I and think then at in first. His, and in his yeah. brain, we didn't get to talk to Mastermind. We didn't get to talk to many of them. They weren't in a talkative mood, which you can understand. But I think at first he's like, oh, I can run for a first down here. And then in his brain he's like, oh, wait, isn't it fourth and 20 or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was? He's like, I don't think I can make it. And by the time he realized that, it was uh, it was too late. 
but it was just a, a series of plays like that. And the, you know, it's hard to get. I mean, that that that's a um, a mistake, obviously, but it's a mistake out of effort. The Dylan Gibbons penalty to me was kind of a backbreaker. And yeah. Mike Norvell, he doesn't criticize players very often. Um, he was mad about that penalty because it, instead of being third and one or third and two, now it's third and sixteen or third and seventeen, backed up in your own side of the field. And that was a point of the game where, I mean, you needed to, you still had the lead at that point. You needed to get some first downs and maybe try to score again. And instead, you end up having to punt. And, um, you know, again, the, the penalty on Josh Farmer um, was a ridiculous call. Uh, but there were other mistakes. You know, they had a late in the game, there was the, the personal foul on NC State for uh, late down Jordan Travis after the interception. But, you know, Micah Pittman gets a penalty too. And I don't know if that was a legitimate call or not. But it was just like you kept making mistakes, you kept making mental mistakes. A lot of it was from effort, but you can't, you're not good enough as a football team, certainly on the road, to beat teams when you have as many mistakes as they have. Yeah, and that goes back. It also, you know, yeah, there are the, the mental mistakes and, the, and the, the penalties and everything else. There's also drop passes. You know, uh, Malik McLean has a touchdown that I think hit off his helmet. Uh, Johnny Wilson drops. I think by far it was his most crucial drop since he's gotten here. He doesn't have many to choose from. That's a bad drop when your team needed it. It was 17-10. to 10, Your defense, and we'll get to that in a second, uh, had given up a touchdown to start the second half. And then on third and seven, I thought Travis threw maybe his best ball of the day, and you drop it. It would have been a first down. Maybe maybe then that keeps the momentum of your offense going because you had scored your last two drives. Maybe that keeps your offense going, and you feel good about yourself. Instead, after that, it was an avalanche. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, that was uh, – it was all – it was all – it was just disappointing because, again, I, you know, look, we can go back and forth on who deserved it or who, who didn't deserve it. Uh, the, the, their defense took over in the second half. Florida State was confused. They were rattled. Uh, Jordan didn't play well, but nobody else did either. Uh, Norvell took all the blame after the game, said it was all on him. I'm not quite sure what he meant by that. I do think some of the changes NC State made defensively were part of the reason why Florida State struggled so much offensively in the second half. Because the second half, the offense did just absolutely nothing. And then, then had some big mistakes as well. But they just couldn't move the ball. And even on that last interception, it was the same play Micah scored on earlier. But NC State changed its coverage. So they made adjustments. And I think he's mad at himself, it seemed like, because they didn't adjust to those adjustments. Yeah, and look, man, it is a fine line between winning and losing when you're a, when you're a pretty good football team. It's a fine line. Like, look, if Jordan Travis waits, I don't know, man, a millisecond longer and sees what's happening to Micah Pittman on that coverage and instead he throws it to the inside, it's a walk-in touchdown. And I do want to say this because we, we, we have to get to it. We have to address it. Neither one of us have any issue with throwing the ball in that spot. None. Zero. Zero. I would have been on – if he would have just centered the ball for that kid in this moment to, and then he misses, I, this, this whole – post-game rap that we do would have been me screaming at the camera, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? So I have no problem at all with the, the way he coached and called, well, the way he coached the last minute, two minutes of that game because he was asked about it afterwards. He didn't answer it at all, completely skirted the question because you can't answer it. The answer is I don't trust my kicker, so there's no way I can coach like Dave Doran can coach. If Dave Doran gets past the 30, hey, babe, just settle. We, we got a field goal in the bag. Just knocking out 50 yards. Yeah, just knocking out 53 yards like it's nothing. Like Mike Norvell doesn't have that luxury. So even though he's got a 23-yard line first down, clock running, that's not an automatic, man. Not a 30-yarder is not an automatic. So I get, the, I get taking a shot. 
I get thrown in that position. I, I love the aggression in that spot. A touchdown, not a field goal. But, man, you got 14. You threw it up to my guy twice on just fade throws. Uh, I think he caught both of them for big gains. And if they don't give you that look, then I get it. But it is, it's always a look. I don't even know what that means by saying they don't give you a look. He's always going to be 6'7". And their red zone offense, although that technically was out of the red zone, again, that's that was an issue there. And it just, you know, I, Norvell didn't say that it was a hold on the kid, the, the NC State defensive back. It's probably a hold. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. That's not getting called in that spot. He he was also well coached. Like he he kind of ran the route for Pittman. He knew he was coming where he was going. Um, so yeah, and I guess that's a read that Pittman has on the play that if the DB is outside has outside leverage, he can cut it in. And he didn't read it right, or the kid stepped in front of him and caught him and, and held him a little bit. But it just so happened that's right when Jordan Travis was making the read and the throw, and you lost the game. Um, but the you know the defense was fine. Look, they're down. They're down. They lost Robert Cooper in the first quarter, I think, and he didn't come back. Fabian Lovett didn't play. Jared Jackson got hurt. They're down their three best defensive tackles, essentially. So there's a reason. There's a pretty good reason NC State could run. And that kid ran hard. Their running backs ran hard up the middle. I just hate for the second week in a row when you, you your defense just comes out right after halftime and doesn't even force a third down, Ira. That's what I don't quite understand. They played well the rest of the night. And they played really well against Wake in the second half, but they don't even first force a third down. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I almost thought the the whole celebration it was look, it was great for Fitzgerald to hit the field goal right before halftime. He hits a forty seven yarder. It was a an awesome scene. The entire team ran out. First Mastermana grabs him and is throwing him up and down like a like they just won the lottery. Then the whole team runs out on the field. It was a cool moment, but you just wondered how do they come back from that and come out focused in the second half. We talked to Tatum Bethune after the game. He, we only talked to Tatum Bethune and uh, Lawrence Tofili, but Tatum said he didn't think that was the issue. They, they they did talk in the second half about how they need to come out with focus, or they talked at halftime, but it just didn't happen. They didn't play with it. You knew NC State was going to run harder 
block harder, play harder coming out of the second half. That first drive was huge, and Florida State just didn't really respond. And then after that, it was death by a thousand pinpricks. In the second, it was just field goal, field goal, mistakes, mistakes, and and they end up taking the lead and getting the win. Um, I think what's you know when you look at this team right now, I don't know that. Look, I you know they're four and two. And this is what we talked about. At this point in the season, if you asked us before the year, would they be 4-2 and two right now? Would you be okay with that? I think you'd probably kind of be okay with it. It's not bad. It's not great. It's not as great as it could have been. But it's two straight losses. And now you've got number five Clemson coming into town this week when you've got all these injuries that have been racking up and racking up. It's, uh, you know, you wonder how many times this team can keep rising up through those injuries. Well, look, I, I think my biggest concern, uh, it's getting louder, isn't it? I hope we're picking him up on the mic. It's, it's, I think he's about to run us over. Um, my biggest concern is what I've seen from the offense the last two weeks. Like, I get it. NC State's got a good defense. Wake doesn't have a great defense, and you didn't do very well against them. So now in three ga- in the last two games, you've scored a total of 38 points. That's what you were averaging going into those games was 38 a game. And now you've got, I don't know, the best defense in the country coming in. So that's really concerning. I thought... You, you know, it's it's not like they have a ton of injuries on offense. You know what I mean? They the 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 offensive line. I mean, obviously they got they lost some depth on the offensive line. But Robert Scott was back. Um, Trayshawn Ward. That's a that was a big loss, and we don't know his prognosis, obviously. Um, but you know, all the receivers were there. Uh, you had all your skill play guys for the most part, and you and you scored you scored two touchdowns. What's it going to look like next week, man? That's that's what's concerning to me because that was my concern going into the season was. Can this offense take the next step? And I really thought it had. And then you see it spiral into madness two weeks in a row, first in the first half against Wake, and now in the second half against NC State, clearly different uh, atmospheres, but still in re- different reasons. Like, you know, look, man, Johnny Wilson's got to make a catch. If he makes that catch, who knows how that drive goes. Dylan Gibbons turned a third and one into a third, and we can't make it. we got to punt. A third and 16. That's, a, that's just not a smart penalty from a very smart person. You can't have that. Um, and then, you know, Jordan made a bad throw on an interception, and then they had the last drive, which obviously clearly something went wrong. But that's what concerns me is, like, I, you know, to beat Clemson. And it's also the stretch of the schedule, right, Ira? Like, these, these just happen to be the two best defenses you're going to face, and they're back-to-back, coming off your first loss. So now you're staring four and three in the face. You're staring a three-game losing streak in the face, and you're like, where's all the progress we made? It's all disappeared. It's gone, and I'm not – I'm not saying that. I don't think that's true at all, but I get it. You're about you, there's a chance you could go basically a whole month of October without a victory. That that kills a lot of goodwill that you built up, right? We got to see some strides next week, man. I win or lose, and they're going to be an underdog, not by much, but they will be an underdog. Um, you you want to see some strides offensively in this team play with confidence because you worry about a team that's wounded, that's used to losing, saying here we go again. Now we're going to have a three-game losing streak. Now the season's off the rails. I don't think the season's off the rails. That's a tough loss to a good team. It's a good foot. It's a tough loss to a good team. The one thing I would say about that, though, is in the first half of that game, they were up 17-3 at halftime, and they could have been up way more than that. They missed. Clear the runway. <laughs> they missed. They missed several runs. They could have been big runs. They dropped passes. So on that, from that standpoint. Man, if you if they also went for it on fourth and three from the twenty-three, the exact same scenario they might have had late in the game. They went for it on fourth down because they they feel like they have to. But you're that that's a good defense you were going up against, and I think it could have been. Man, they could have blown NC State out in the first half. They could have been up by three scores, 
and instead they didn't cash in on those opportunities. So I think the potential is still there for the offense, but guys have to make plays. The receivers have to make those catches. The running backs have to make those plays, and then Jordan just not can't have those mistakes. That's very uncharacteristic for him. He does not turn the ball over. To have two, t- two interceptions in the fourth quarter is just not very much like him. It might speak to the pressure he felt maybe in this environment, but also – Against that defense. One more complaint, and then we got to go. We got to wrap it up. But I, I didn't like. I and I thought Norbell's called a really good season for the most part in offense. I didn't like. I, I know you can't just get five wide and, and against that team and just air it out the whole time. But then part of me is like, why not? Because the runs, the gives to Toa Feely, were not. They just weren't. It wasn't happening, man. They hit two runs in the first half. Benson had one, and and Treshawn had one. The one he got hurt on, the forty yard he got hurt on. Other than that, other than in Jordan's running, they weren't doing anything with just the simple gives to the running backs. It just wasn't there. And I I thought they went to the five wides. They did it in that last drive, and they got down the field. Part of it was a targeting penalty. But when you go five wide, I just thought, man, you can't run the ball, and you have to know as a coach, okay, we are really struggling against the run. Let me are against their run defense. Let me spread it out and see if my receivers and quarterback can go make plays. And if my receivers are covered somehow, maybe he can scramble for seven or eight yards. I didn't like to. I didn't like the amount of runs that were called into nothing. And I don't know if those are checks by Jordan, bad checks. I can't blame it all on Norvell. But there were too many runs that turned, you know, first and ten into second and twelve, and you're behind the chains. All right, that's a good complaint to end on. I'm I'm out of complaints. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Corey Clark, and this is Irish Ophel. I wanted to say this one last thing. So is this more painful? I don't think this is as painful as Ty, Ty Jones knocking Christian Ponder out the ball out of his hands. And it, the yes, and it's certainly not as bad as 2012. Similar scenario, 17-0 at halftime, or 16-0 at halftime that game. This was 17-3. But that team had national championship aspirations, and it was a horrible loss. This team doesn't have that. It's still a bad loss. It's still an awful second half, but not quite on that level, right? Here he comes. <laughs> Signing off from Carter Finley. We have plenty of coverage. Come to WarChant.com if you want to read it. We'll talk to you next time.